Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa uddang damang sangang namasami. This retreat will be primarily on the blessings of life, and there's much to discuss here. There's a famous sutta in the Pali Canon, one of the most frequently recited, and especially good for lay people, but the blessings are in ascending order. There's more than 30 of them, and the sutta is called the Mangala Sutta. And Mangala means blessing or auspicious, something auspicious in one's life. And you may have to look that up in the dictionary because the word auspicious doesn't occur very much. So what is this? The possibilities are twofold. One is external auspicious situations, um, events, and the second is internal. And this sutta that we're focusing on at first, at least for the first part of the retreat, is primarily about the situation, the environment around you, the opportunities and the situation around you, which can improve the quality can exp- you can experience as a blessing in your life. It's incomplete, of course, though. Blessings in your life are incomplete if it's not matched and correlated with internal uh, strategies, knowledge, and structures. It's hard to say uh, that they're entirely separate. Uh, Teachings, of course, the word of the Buddha, the words from the suttas, the words from teachers, the words from people who have experienced things and are able to communicate them to you start from outside. And of course, that's the idea of the Kalyanamitta, the spiritual friend. Kalyanamitta, the spiritual friend, is external to you. And you listen to these uh, words and teachings, and sometimes you emulate the behavior of your spiritual friends, and eventually you internalize those words, and you internalize the spiritual friend as well. So you, in fact, are processing and imitating and eventually becoming an authentic vehicle, container for the spiritual teachings. So with Buddhist ideas, the movement from external to internal and back is always happening. So this will be the process during this retreat, and we only have five or six days to to do this. It is a good time in the year uh, for this. It's the 26th of December, the day after Christmas, and we are still in a pandemic. And it's a good time to find some blessings in life, and uh, they can be found. So a, a little bit about this sutta. It has a charming story to it, how it was initiated. And the story is that people were asking each other in a village, what sort of things are auspicious events in life? What sort of things shall we look for to 
uh, as a sign of a positive direction or benefit to us. And various people propose different things. And of course, uh, people are asking that question to this day. And I think humans have always asked this question. How can I make my life better? Now, there's two kinds of approaches to this. And the first one is kind of magical superstitious. So you'll see all kinds of things like when a black cat crosses your path, it's inauspicious, and walking under a ladder, inauspicious. But they thought at the time that to see a pregnant woman walk by was very auspicious because it, it's about abundance and new beings in the world or to see a milk cow because it symbolizes the possibility of abundant food, recurring food. And of course, people think about uh, various events like uh, eclipses of the sun and the moon as either auspicious or very inauspicious. Rainbows, it's going to be great see auspicious things. So they were discussing this and uh, they couldn't come to any firm conclusions. So you can see that the discussion was primarily around what we would call superstitious ideas. This is important because people still are prone to this <laughs> kind of thinking that life is a magical process and that events which are quite unrelated to the blessings of your life are interpreted as and hope to be a blessing, you know, finding a, a four-leaf clover or whatever, you know. So this conversation persisted and finally, eventually, the devas got interested in the conversation. The devas are the equivalent to sort of like angels. And they started talking about it. And they also admitted that they couldn't come up with, they weren't sure exactly what the blessings of life were, what are auspicious things in life. And they went to the highest of their deities to ask for advice on this. They thought that a certain fairly high celestial deity would know the answer to this. And apparently that deity did not know the answer to this and redirected them to visit with the Buddha and ask the Buddha what the blessings of life are. So they did. And this occurs regularly in the, in the suttas, you, many a magical evening in the Jeta Grove, where in the middle of the night, the, the grove is illuminated. Devas arrive and illuminate the entire forest. Now, this is the monastery where the Buddha spent 27 years, 27 rains or rainy seasons. He wandered around to other places, but this seemed to be the home base, the Jetavana, the Jeta Grove. And you have regular visits by the devas to ask questions. So the devas are very beautiful, angelic beings. They have attained to their fortunate existence through uh, virtue and generosity, but they are not necessarily wise, not even necessarily wiser than, than a wise human being. And so, of course, wise human beings, sometimes the results of their wisdom and generosity in life is to take birth as a deva, 
But the journey is not finished. So the devas come to visit the Buddha quite often when they have questions that need to be answered and they can't be certain out of the depth of their own wisdom. So this is a very beautiful little story, a memorable story. And so he, the Buddha, rattles off the, the uh, Mangala Sutta. And as we talk about the Mangala Sutta and the blessings of life, you'll see that it's not at all interested in superstition. It's not about luck. So blessings are not about lucky signs. They're not about rainbows or eclipses or black cats. So this is uh, very fortunate because this is very practical, concrete, grounded advice to how to improve your life and what it is that constitutes the benefits and blessings of life. So the very first hair, actually, and it might be in order to help your memory, you might think of this as a, as a pair. And so the first line is not to associate with the foolish. And then the second is to associate with the wise. This word association is sevana, so a-sevana, not to associate with the foolish, and sevana, to associate with the wise. And this is uh, something that strangely doesn't occur to people. They feel, for various cultural reasons, that they are thrust into into general, in the hubbub of society and families and such institutions as schools and so forth, you're thrust in there and you are associating randomly. There are various people, some are mm, foolish, some are wise. And many people have trauma in their life because of the wrong association. One of the, the opposites of a blessing is to be constantly in contact with a person who's foolish. Um, and they are foolish in different ways. Some are, have a toxic element to their personality. They're constantly critical, diminishing of your value and your capacities. And this can stain a whole life. Some are also lacking in moral development and pull you into the persuasion towards immoral kind of actions. And so this is what is meant. The the word that the Buddha uses, so the first line is, asevana chabalanang, balanang. Bala is sometimes translated as foolish, but it's not a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of uh, judgment. And it requires moral judgment. And it can also in, involve all kinds of personality structures that are toxic. So this uh, can be a tremendous negative impact on your life to be in association with people like this. And sometimes it happens in families. It happens in cultural situations. 
So there are certain times when whole cultures are overrun by other dominating cultures, and there is a scar left, there's a, a whole cultural dissolution that happens. You can see the aftermath of conquests in various societies where an entire culture is interrupted, and the message that they receive from their triumphant but foolish victors is that they are inferior. So given a culture, if a culture is dominated long enough, the individuals within that will start to believe the story that the so-called superior people, the foolish people, tell them. You see this worldwide, and uh, that culture falls apart until it has self-esteem and a sense of its own value. It suffers. So this can happen on a social scale. This can happen on a uh, national scale. This can happen on an individual scale. And it, it, can, it only takes one. Association with one foolish person, toxic person, criminal person for a certain period of time for it to cause great distress and problems. It's the root cause of many, many people's tragedies in life. So this is incredibly important and very insightful of the Buddha to start this way. These, by the way, these blessings are not um, random. We're going to see, I think, uh, the last time I counted, there were something like 38 blessings. But they ascend, they go up. Each of them is important, each of them is substantial, but the Buddha chooses to start with association. And how problematic that can be. It can be crippling. There are people, of course, who are naturally robust, strong, and self-confident, and they are not affected by the presence of foolish people. But the wise person doesn't treat fools lightly. So in other words, they ha sometimes have to deal with foolish people, but they do not take them lightly. They don't tolerate it for any longer than necessary. And they're not affected or afflicted by it. So hopefully you become strong enough because in the course of life, it's very hard to avoid contact with foolish people. The Buddha included could not avoid contact with foolish people. One uh, foolish person was his cousin, Devadatta, who in fact ended up trying to kill him. So you are thrust into this world and sometimes you're thrust into an elevator with other foolish people or into a, a store with other foolish people or into a bus with other foolish people. Uh, you're sometimes thrust into a job with other foolish people. Sometimes you need that job and you are forced to be in the presence of these people. So we need to bless our lives by making some choices in terms of external environment. And that sometimes means leaving relationships. It sometimes means even leaving families. Sometimes means leaving jobs. It sometimes means leaving 
uh, an entire region of a country or, in, in fact, a whole country. And people throughout history do this. They just go. And good on them. In fact, much of history is about escaping from tyrants and abuse. You'll see that the uh, Old Testament, the Jews of the Old Testament are, it's all about getting out from underneath <laughs> tyrants. <laughs> they left the Pharaoh <laughs> behind. And of course, uh, in, so in the West, in, in Christian history as well, it started out very badly for, for the Christians. They were thrown in with the lions and so forth, and they managed to find their way out of that. So you'll see that all of history, the tyranny and falling in with the, the wrong uh, types and being in oppressive, tyrannical situations is a story that an entire culture remembers. And it's the escape from it that is celebrated sometimes for a thousand years. To get out from underneath the foolish, get away from that, is something that you never stop celebrating. Whole cultures celebrate it. Individuals celebrate their escape. Whole cultures celebrate their escape. Your escape, though, sometimes is, leaves wounds and marks, and so there is more to the escape from the foolish, and that is the full healing from such things, from trauma. And the, the, the Eightfold Path is a way to heal and to, to be fully free, because you internalize the foolish as well. And that's, that's the internal element, and we will talk about that. This relates to uh, what the sixth factor of the path called right effort. And you'll see that that right effort is divided into two parts. One is negative emotions, and the, the Buddha's advocacy of leaving behind the folly within yourself, the negative emotions within yourself, the five hindrances within yourself, greed and anger, agitation, heaviness and sloth, and doubt, worry, flurry. All of these things are negative, and the Buddha is advocating freeing yourself from them. And then there's positive types of internal emotional states. They're called the, uh, the factors of awakening, or aspects of enlightenment, and they're all beautiful. They're joyful and uh, generous and wise and, and serene, all of these things. And so the, you can see that both internally and externally we're trying to bless our existences. And so the next part of this is to be with the wise. It's not good enough. I mean, sometimes you simply have to flee the foolish, the oppressor, the tyrant, the negative, the criminal. You simply have to get away from that. And it has happened in people's lives that they, they end up just living alone. And here's a, a bit of advice that the Buddha gives, I think, in the Dhammapada and various other places. It is better to go alone than with a fool for company. So people, why don't they leave toxic situations? Because they're afraid of being lonely. 
And they're also afraid of the unknown. And in our lives as humans, very social beings, one of the things that we are not sure about and what we're afraid of is to be alone. And this keeps us in relationship with less than desirable companions because we're afraid to be alone. So that you see this toxic marriages, toxic family situations, toxic jobs. People stay in them. You wonder, why do you stay in that situation? Why? Because externally that's the unknown and the fear of like, who am I? How would I deal with things? I don't know what it's like to be alone. Am I capable? All of these things are there. So half of the, the first half is to, is to free yourself from unwanted association with foolish, unskillful, negative, criminal, toxic beings. And even if it means that you have to stay mostly on your own, it's worth it. The Buddha says, if that's the case, go for it. But there is another side of the coin, which is a real blessing. And that is to find yourself in association with the wise. Now, the wise have all the opposite attributes. They are moral. They're not criminal. By the way, criminal, um, moral and criminal, etc., cetera, uh, these days, in this kind of postmodern world we're living in, there's a lot of debate about, well, what is, the, what is good? What, what are the rules? And who's making these rules? And what's criminal and what's not criminal? So the Buddha basically defines this in a brief way with the, the precepts that people who are, would do you harm, who would even kill you, are not wise. So they're people who will inflict violence and possibly threaten you with death are to be avoided. And every, every being around wants to avoid them. And so, uh, and those who do not regard your possessions as yours, but take them away, those who would transgress your, your committed relationships with others. This is like, we call it a sexual uh, commitment, but it's actually a relationship commitment. And if people in human society where you, two people decide that they are full of affection for each other and want to be together, no one should interfere with that. And so people who don't regard these things as proper and uh, a source of happiness for, for humans are this, this, what we would call the foolish. There is another area which is uh, untrustworthiness and inability to tell the truth, uh, lying, harsh speech, divisive speech. There's a very toxic kind of experience. And the last one is those who indulge in uh, intoxicants, which makes them lose their sense of uh, judgment. They speak foolishly, they act foolishly, they don't have regard for their own well-being or the well-being of others because they're out of their minds on alcohol or drugs. This is another famous negative experience so we want to leave that behind and then so the, the wise would be the opposite to associate with the wise and the wise are intrinsically moral the wise are not 
interested whatsoever in injuring you. They're not a threat to your safety. They're not a threat to your possessions either. They, not only will they not steal from you, but they, if you lose your wallet and they find it, they'll make sure it gets back to you. They'll protect your possessions. They'll make sure that you don't lose your possessions. That's the opposite of stealing, right? That you're absolutely reliable and they regard your possessions as yours and that you like those things and they will make sure that those things are protected. They honor your decision about your relationships and never transgress that, never invade that. They speak honestly to you, uh, but with discretion. So they're not blurting out things, but know what is injurious to you. But they won't speak falsely to you. And they also maintain sobriety and uh, clarity of mind and a cherish. Not only do they maintain it, they cherish it. These are the basic traits of the wise person. And they understand the roots of their own happiness. They understand the roots of their own happiness. So if you fall, if you come out of a, of a toxic situation, a family, a culture that is, that is without moral foundations, where violence, theft, sexual misconduct, lying, intoxication is rampant, and you manage to find your way into a, to a group where you're absolutely safe and uh, everybody's looking out for your well-being, it is, it's like arriving in heaven. It's, it's amazing to feel that way. And it is a profound, absolutely profound blessing to experience that. And so again, I want to compare this with uh, this path factor, the sixth factor of the path and its right effort. So we leave behind the five hindrances, greed, anger, agitation, sloth, depression, and worry and flurry, doubt. And we move to clarity, like the practice of mindfulness, collectedness, and start hearing Dhamma and become energized and joyful and achieve ultimately serenity and deep absorption and stillness. This is the same internal blessing as this outward structure of leaving behind the foolish who are riddled with what the foolish are riddled with, the five hindrances. And in fact, all they are is just embodied five hindrances walking around. They're the five hindrances walking around. And the wise are the seven factors of awakening walking around. So this first duality of blessings, and it's good to remember that as, as the beginning of things, the rest of the blessings will, will follow, but this is a beginning, a very, very important beginning. And maybe as you're listening to this talk, you're thinking, mm-hmm, okay, well, that one has got to go. <laughs> Good. Thank you for telling me that. The other thing that people stay in these toxic situations because they feel loyalty or 
other things. There's other things, there are other entanglements and complexities, and I, I appreciate that. The Buddha appreciates that as well. You have, you, you, sometimes somebody that you care about is kind of a hostage to the situation and you feel like you can't leave. So this happens with mothers sometimes, with kids. The father is toxic, but the, they have children and they can't get away, or it can be the opposite too. The father is, has kids and the mother is a complete basket case, and, uh, but you can't leave because of the kids and things like this. So there's, it's not so easy but this is something to do some, some reflection on. And, you know, one of the, the great stories of all time, which never ends fascinating people, is escape. So escape from prisons, escape from prisoner of war camps, escape from tyrants. It sometimes takes patience and ingenuity and a lot of courage, but to get these blessings is important vitally important. It's your life is on the line. And each person's life is intrinsically valuable. And they are, each person is responsible very, very much for their own well-being. And this is not appreciated either. Sometimes people don't set a high value on their own happiness. They've been in some culture where they're taught uh, everybody else's happiness is important, but yours isn't. Eh. The Buddha does not teach that. The Buddha says it's quite natural and you would be a very strange person if you did not value your own happiness that your own because there's certain things that only you can do for yourself and nobody else can do for you and there are certain things that only others can do for themselves and you cannot do for them so you can't relinquish your own duty to yourself in order to make yourself happy and some of the chances and endeavors courage and patience that it takes to do this for yourself because nobody else can do it for you the inner life is available to you you see your own mind you see your own emotions and you're the one that must improve those fix those sustain those and nobody else can see it. You can tell people about it, but they can't see it directly. You can see it directly. So that's why you're responsible for that and why you should feel fully uh, okay with devoting a lot of time and effort to your own well-being and happiness. It doesn't end there. You will influence others. And you may influence others by just telling them a couple of things. As these blessings take place in your life, you will, you will encounter other beings who don't know the blessings. And so you will be able to share at least two of them with them. You'll be telling them at the office, after some a very unhappy person, you say, here's two ways of blessing your life. Leave the foolish behind, find your way to the wise. You'll be telling them at, over the cooler at, in the office, that did it for me. I heard it on a YouTube talk by a monk. <laughs> So this is how we launch this, uh, this talk, this retreat, um, with uh, a focus on the Mangala Sutta, the great blessings of life. And this is such a rich and important sutta delivered by 
maybe the wisest person that ever walked the earth. So you can give yourself a lot of well-being and happiness, and you can leave a lot of suffering behind by just giving ear to this, mulling it over in your mind, reflecting on it, and then undertaking these things and finding out how to bless your life. So we'll leave it for this beginning talk, and we will have uh, a number of others to follow. <laughs>